Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. Significant win of 2021. You don't know about it. I almost didn't know about it. And once everyone does know about it, no one will care. But hey, we're going to talk about it anyway. Good morning to you. Good Wednesday morning. I'm Dayan Kovacevic of DK Pittsburgh Sports, and this, the newly reborn DK Sports Radio Podcasting Network. If you're into football, and or hockey, I also offer daily shots of Steelers and Penguins. And both of those, of course, are in much more full swing than baseball, which is still, I guess, depending on who you believe, another month and a half, maybe two months away from getting started. We'll see when spring training gets set in stone. Uh, It certainly isn't. Yet, in the interim, in the interim, lists and prospect watches and things like that are pretty much all we have. And even that's not very substantive, but I'm going to go with this one anyway, because I trust MLB Pipeline and specifically Jonathan Mayo, who oversees MLB Pipeline, is a Pittsburgh-based guy who plays no favorites with anybody and is as knowledgeable or more knowledgeable than anyone in the industry when it comes to prospects for all 30 Major League Baseball organizations. MLB Pipeline put out a list yesterday of the top five most improved systems in all of baseball. And the Pirates were number three. And I'll cut you off right there because I can hear you going, Oh, right. Well, of course they're more improved. They got rid of Huntington and Stark. And yes, that is accurate. The best thing they could have done for that system was to send Neil Huntington, Kyle Stark, and everyone else from the Hoka Hay gang out the door. They did that. And in that wake... Not much was left behind. It was Kibrian and Hayes and a couple other first-round picks and almost no one else. And it took Ben Charrington, to his credit, a while to try to gather as much information as he possibly could. And then, of course, the pandemic comes along and you don't see any minor league ball. You're just seeing the occasional scrimmage at the Altoona Satellite Camp. But he got his info, and he started making some moves. He started by changing, wow, like virtually across the board, uh, both the people and the methodology 
as it replies as it applies to instruction that's the first thing that you need to do you got to have the right people there and then he started adding prospects he started adding bodies prospect lists even by excellent analysts like mayo tend not to be worth all that much i could show you i actually have them here in our podcasting studio this stack of all my baseball america prospect handbooks and they go back like 15 years i could just randomly open one up thumb through it and read off some of the names to you from the top 10 and you'll go what who was supposed to be what <laughs> and, and it's it's the furthest thing from an exact science it's harder than football, hockey, and basketball combined to forecast the fortunes of a baseball prospect. It just is. The only ones that you felt good about at any point along the way were the number one overall or the number two overall picks, like Garrett Cole, Jamison Tyone, Pedro Alvarez, and even Pedro didn't pan out, and Tyone's obviously had his injury issues, and Cole didn't get it figured out until he went to a team that told him it was okay to throw straight and throw really hard and to make people swing and miss. But it's a hard, hard thing to do. That's why Charrington keeps saying again and again that it's not just about adding quality. It's about adding quantity. And he's done that. The Pirates' current top 10 list, according to MLB Pipeline, has six players who've been acquired by Charrington, who's only been on the job for barely a year. How did he get them? He traded Starling Marte for two 19-year-olds. They're both on the list. Traded Josh Bell for a couple of prospects. One of them's 26, so I'm really kind of cringy at calling Will Crow a prospect. But he got two of them, and one of them is younger, and he's on the list. They also had the number one overall pick in the Rule 5 draft. Got that done. They had a top pick in the draft. Got Nick Gonzalez, who immediately rocketed to number one. That's how highly regarded he is by the, the rest of the industry, that he's currently number one on the Pirates prospect list ahead of Brian Hayes, who's still eligible to be on these lists, even though you know and I know he's not a prospect anymore. He's going to be playing in Pittsburgh full-time. But I'm letting you know that that's how much people think of Nick Gonzalez and his offensive ability. He looks like he's going to be a hitting dynamo in the majors. Maybe. We'll see. You know, you never know, as I mentioned. But that's why you need bulk. You need quantity. There have been international signings that were made possible by Charrington trading a player here or there to expand his international cap space, to expand the amount of money he could spend in that pool. And he got players. He'll be the first to tell you, Charrington will, only a small percentage even of these guys that we're talking about will make it will come to Pittsburgh, and from that, an even smaller amount will come here and make a meaningful impact. 
But here again, you gotta have the numbers. That's why. That's why he's prioritizing this area. Want to hear who number one was on this list of most improved teams? This is going to tick you off. Tampa. Which is funny because you think to yourself, the Rays couldn't possibly be any better at this sort of thing than they already are. But they keep doing it. They keep trading guys who are established veterans who come at a fixed cost because they have yet to make it to free agency. They're arbitration guys and so forth. They trade them at absolute peak value. And when they do it, they raid someone else's system for three or four prospects. And those guys come back to the Rays and they load up that system. It's an embarrassment of riches. So picture this. The Rays have already benefited from the heist of all heists with the Chris Archer trade, bringing back Tyler Glass, now Austin Meadows, and never forget about Shane Boz, the throw-in, if you will, who was the Pirates' first-round pick who can throw in to triple digits. And he's going to be a major league arm, a major league pitcher, once he's ready. The Rays had already done that, and now they move Blake Snell. At absolute peak value, there's nothing a contender wouldn't give up for a Blake Snell. Even in this depleted market, the Rays know that. The Rays know that. They know they're holding on to the hottest commodity. But they also believe in the rotation of veterans for prospects and keeping that wheel moving. Because they know they're not about to be able to spend more money. They have a pretty good idea not to expect Major League Baseball to have a salary cap. So they just keep doing it. They might have a year where they're a little bit off, but they won't have many because their system just improved, was the most improved over the year in which they took these guys from the Pirates. That's how you do it. In this screwed up system that baseball has, this is how you do it. When we come back, just one question. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Back time for just one question. That's always brought to you by our main man, Mike, down at Mike's Beer Bar on Federal Street on the North Shore, directly across from PNC Park in the Willie Sargell statue. As of yesterday, because of the lifting of the restrictions in the Commonwealth of Pennsylvania, 
both Mike's Beer Bar and North Shore Tavern were reopened for business. That means you can go there, choose from Mike's more than 500 beers, go next door to North Shore Tavern, get yourself steak on a stone. You can enjoy both, and you can enjoy them from the comfort of the restaurant itself or, in the case of the beers, from your own home. Meaning online. Go to mikesbeerbar.com slash beer hyphen menu. All of the deals apply on there that they would if you go down in person. Of note, buying three crawlers and getting three free. And yes, that is still a thing. Again, that's mikesbeerbar.com slash beer hyphen menu. Or call 412-322-BEER to order and pay. The person must be 21, ID required and present to receive delivery. Today's Just One Question comes from Stu, who starts off with some phrasing that suggests he's got a challenge coming for me. Here's a cue for you, Dayon. Why doesn't some team have the brains or whatever to hire an individual coach for a prospect like Cole Tucker? For the millionth time, like the Bucks did with Harry the Hat Walker and Matty Alou before Alou became the NL batting champ. That coach would have one pupil and one task to make Tucker a major league hitter. Uh, you predated me on the, the references. I, I don't know anything about Harry the Hat Walker, and I only know that Alou is one of the Alou brothers. I have... Great confidence in sharing this response with you. The Pirates feel like they already have individualized instructors for their hitters. The degree to which they commit to individual players is unprecedented. That means much more intensely than they did under Huntington and Hurdle, and I'm guessing infinitely more intensive than the two players from the distant past that you cited. The amount of information that's now available to hitting coaches, to hitting instructors, to assistant hitting instructors, because that's now a two-person job in the majors, the amount of time that they spend in cages, the amount of time that they spend studying video, and not just recent video, they'll go back to a major league hitter's childhood. They'll find every scrap of everything that they can find. It's amazing some of the stories that I've heard from the hitters themselves. Like, they found this and this from American Legion Ball in, you know, 20 years ago, and they saw this thing that I was doing with my foot, and so-and-so. Adam Frazier told me, this was a couple summers ago, that when he was going through a slump, his dad sent him still photographs showing where he was holding his hand on the bat and how Adam had gotten away from that as he grew older. So Adam puts his hand back on the bat where his dad told him to, and Adam hit like babe freaking Ruth for about two straight weeks. You might remember this. This was in... uh, this was in 2019. Just went berserk, hitting like crazy. What happened to you, Adam? Well, I don't know. My dad sent me a picture. Solving Cole Tucker won't be anywhere near as simple 
as wagging a finger at the pirates and wishing that they'd pay more attention to him. Uh, the amount of time that Tucker has spent working on his hitting, the amount of time that Rick Eckstein and his staff have spent on Tucker and working on his hitting is, it's probably excessive. That was one thing that I used to hear from Josh Bell a lot. I was in the cage for this and this amount of time. Like, what are you doing, Josh? Why are you doing that? I mean, you saving anything for the games? You know you have four at-bats tonight in the game, too. And they have to chase him, meaning Bell, out of the cage. Because he was taking too many swings. He was seeing too many pitches. He was working himself into some other kind of psychological state. Tucker's issue, at the risk of playing amateur hitting coach here myself, when you watch him, I think of his his feet as kind of like a rocking horse. If you can picture his swing with me here, you might be able to get this, or at least to have a glimpse of what I'm talking about. He'll go from back foot to front foot like a rocking horse. And it feels so awkward and so unfixable that I don't know how anyone's going to be able to do it because it also feels like he has no momentum that goes into that swing. He's either going to punch and Judy his way through life in the majors or he's not going to hit at all. Because if he tries to hit the way most major leaguers are currently being instructed, which is launch angle, put the ball in the air, uh, hit for power, hit home runs, if he does that, all he's going to do is fly out relentlessly or pop up because he doesn't have that drive, meaning the physical drive. I hate, really hate, to predict anything negative for Cole Tucker. He is, personality-wise, everything that you think he is from watching him from afar. He's special. That is a special young man who's got a pretty good glove, a pretty good uh, presence on the field, a nice presence on the base paths, a great presence in the clubhouse and in the dugout, and you want him like crazy to succeed. But I can't find a place on my diamond for Cole Tucker unless he hits. He knows that. I'm not telling you anything that he hasn't heard from everybody else and that he isn't saying to himself. It's not as simple as snapping the finger the way you're citing there. We'll see. I mean, I'd love nothing more than to see Cole Tucker just look like a completely different hitter where he's having a firm foundation with his lower body and swinging the bat like he means it. But I haven't seen it yet. I haven't, Stu. It's a really good question. Now, one of the best we've had since I've been doing these daily shots of Pirates. Would love to have more like it. Feel free to send yours along. In the comments right under this article on DK Pittsburgh Sports is the place where I'm most likely to see it. But wherever it is that you want, Twitter, Facebook, I'll find them. Thanks so much. At 
Point Park University, in the heart of downtown Pittsburgh, they understand there's no substitute for real-world experience and career-building connections. Their innovative curriculum engages students with distinctive experiential learning opportunities. Point Park's pioneering co-op program empowers qualified students to work in full-time, paid positions with their corporate partners while earning college credits. Visit pointpark.edu works to learn more. Career ready. That's the point. Point Park University. Your front door. Your car. Your gym locker. Your gun. Safety is a habit. Learn more about how to keep guns safe and secure. Visit projectchildsafe.org.